Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Well, hello and welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio. I am your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from beautiful New Orleans today. Gorgeous day outside. A big thank you to all our listeners. Uh, make sure to tell your friends and associates. I hope you enjoyed last week's show on customer stratification, a different way to rate your customers. Uh, not a bad idea. And remember, you can always listen on demand after the show. And let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you'd like to have on the show, and I'll do my best to get them. We have some good ones coming up in the weeks to come. Uh, my email address is rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Or if you want to call in today to talk to my guest, uh, the call-in number is one 472-5790. So today I have a special guest to talk about a very specific industry. Stephen Brooks, National Sales Director of SmartLift US, is with me to talk about the specialized equipment being used in the glazing industry. And Stephen's had a pretty interesting career today, so Stephen, welcome to the show. Say enough for having me on here today, and uh, super excited to get this get this rolling. Okay, well then let's jump right into it. Uh, first, I'd really like you to tell us about you and your background that that brought you to the uh, equipment market, if you would, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I've I've had I haven't had a, um, a traditional journey by any by any means. So I've I've uh, grown up in the in the construction industry. My dad's uh, been a union union electrician for, forever. Has also owned a signing. Uh, sign installation company. So when I was uh, eight years old, uh, eight, nine years old, me and my dad, we would spend Saturdays afternoons doing AC lifts. I was actually running the crane at the time, um, running like a 20-ton crane, understanding the hand signals, pulling all the levers. Um, that's that's kind of how I got into the construction industry originally. So I, I tell people I've had 20 years of experience, even though I'm only a 30-year-old um, old kid. I like to call myself a kid still. But uh, so I started started in the construction industry that way. Um, fast forward a little bit. Uh, we, my dad, my dad Don Brooks, who's also our owner, he's uh, he started a company called Great Lakes Lifting. We were the first dealer of the of the spider cranes um, in the in the Midwest. Um, that's kind of a niche equipment market there in itself. Uh, fast forward a couple more years, we started bringing in the smart lift equipment. So uh, my. I've always kind of been in, involved in construction. I've had a, kind of ran my own business for four or five years. I had a scrap and demolition company, as well as um, working working hands on at the family business the whole time. Okay, so uh, so let's talk about SmartLift and uh, who exactly is SmartLift and uh, where did it come from and give us a little history there. Yeah, so. As I was saying, when, when we were run, when we were doing the, the spider cranes, um, a lot of I think a lot of your listeners might know the spider cranes. Those have been in the U.S. market now for about ten years. Uh, when we were doing the spider cranes, we had a lot of our glazing glass customers asking us uh, for a better way to be able to set commercial glass. Um, although a spider crane was was doing the work, um, there was just you know everyone thought there'd be a better way to do it. So we I kind of got on the internet and, and started looking for different things and stumbled across um, a smart lift one day. I think it was a video on YouTube or, or some social media cha- channel. I'm not exactly sure what it was. And um, I have instantly fell in love with, with this lift and sent some, sent some photos over and got some information from the manufacturer on the lift and 
um, talked to our talked to our owners and said, "Hey, I think this would be something that our glass guys would be able to utilize and would work very well for them." Um, when we were doing that, we I sent I also sent some some different literature to a couple of my glass customers, and everybody got back to me with the same thing. They said, when are you going to get this? I need one. Uh, I need it yesterday. So uh, that's kind of where we found, found the smart lift equipment. The smart lift equipment themselves um, has been, been ma- being manufactured for 15 years. It's manufactured in Denmark, um, smart lift. The manufacturer is the, uh, is the leading, leading producer of mobile glass lifts right now in, in the world. Uh, they've got distribution centers all across, all across the world. Um, the U.S. market is one of the last markets that they've broken into, um, merely for the fact that they knew how big the U.S. market was and they wanted to make sure, as a factory, to make sure that they could keep up with the demand of the U.S. market. So as, as they grew, they looked to the U.S. We kind of found them at the perfect time, um, and uh, we formed a really good relationship with them and started bringing the lifts into the U.S. market. Uh, I think the first lift came to the U.S. market of October 2016. And so you all are the distributor, I would say, as you import from Denmark and then distribute from there. Correct. Yeah. So, so we're the U.S. distributor. Um, we 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 bring the we we bring the state the machines into the U.S. So um, right now we have five locations across the U.S. Over the past two years, we've been able to expand over to five locations where we have. Uh, I like to say we have the whole U.S. covered. We have uh, a location in New York City, Tampa. Phoenix, Chicago, and just opened a new one in Dallas here this past month. Wow, that's a lot of growth in a short period of time. And so people who use this equipment, are you finding that they're they're purchasing it, or is it a uh, better to be a rental machine? So, so as as of today, a lot of our a lot of our customers are end users. Uh, we do have some rental I'll say about four right now four or five rental houses across the US. That um, that do have machines in rental fleets. Uh, one of the things that we've that we've noticed with with this equipment is we've introduced a piece of equipment into a market that um, where the equipment there there was no market when we introduced introduced this. So we've been building the market, building the brand, um, and there's always been a need for the for for the mobile glass manipulators. There just hasn't been um, equipment specially designed for the glass guys. So. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah. So with that being said, um, you know we we're, we've been working with a lot of the end users, but the, we get a lot of demand for the the rental side of, of the equipment. Um, a lot of the glass companies that you, that you see around doing your smaller storefronts, um, doing your smaller projects. A lot of those customers they they may only need a lift, uh, you know, one, two, three, three days a month. Um, you know, every every other month or so. That's going to be about fifty percent of your glass cu- customers that are. Just smaller shops where they don't really have the capital. It's a high, you know, the smart lift is a high, high, high value product where they don't have the capital to be able to invest in that. So right now they're just kind of stuck doing it manpower wise because there's just not enough lifts in the U.S. Um, available in in rental locations. So it seems like you you're, there's a wide open market for growth for your company. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is um, I, this is just the smart start of the smart lift journey. I I always kind of like to bring things back to. Um, if we if we go back in time, and I don't know the exact year that um, a scissor lift was 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 brought to market, but uh, I could just imagine that sales guy going and knocking on doors all across the country, and um, he's walking in and he has this product called the scissors scissor lift, 
and this scissor lift is going to be going to change the world. Say, I, I, I also don't know what the price was when they first introduced the market, but we're going to say just for talking purposes, say it was $20,000. This guy comes in, he knocks on a business owner's door, and he says, yep, look at this product. It's going to save you all this time, save you all this money. It's called a scissor lift. You're going to give me $20,000 today to replace your $30 ladder that you have out in your shop. I can only imagine the, the, the kickback <laughs> that, that, that that sales guy had. Uh, you fast forward 20 years, 30 years, the, the scissor lifts have been on market. You can't even go on a construction site now and see somebody hardly working with a ladder. You know, the safety concerns of it, even if, um, you know, even if you could work on a ladder, the general contractors, the industry, OSHA, everybody together has just said that, hey, this isn't, this isn't a safe way. We have a safer way. It's called a scissor lift. We're going to put in these, these mobile platforms. Um, I believe that's going to be the same thing with, with the Smart Lift. The uh, you know, Smart Lift US, we have a vision. Um, our vision is that we're going to stop asking the glass, the glass installers, the glazers, the glass men to do things, to stop, having, uh, sorry, to stop asking them to do things that no other trade would ever dare to do. Um, that being said, if, if we just imagined a 4 by 8 sheet of steel, and you have this 4 by 8 sheet of steel, it may weigh three, four, five hundred 500 pounds, and uh, you, you have to move that, whether we have to move it from one side of the building to another or even go and install it onto a building side, if you ask men to just go left, lift up that sheet of steel, they're going to look at you like you're crazy and say, no, we're going we're gonna to either A, hire a crane, hire a fork truck, or get the proper tool to be able to do this safely. Um, in, the glass, in the glass industry, everyone's still lifting that sheet of steel. Um, it's just now it's just a sheet of glass. It's a four-by-eight sheet of glass. But the weight, the weight of the glass is just continuing to get um, heavier and heavier. Glass is getting thicker. Glass is getting larger. And the days of just being able to lift the glass and install it um, are truly just coming to an end. Um, as, as, as we move forward, um, we see contractors, glass, glass companies looking to improve their safety. Uh, the, glass, the, glazers are the, the glazers have the number one highest rate of back inju- injuries in construction. Reason being is because they're just not using the tools that are out there for them. Um, first of all, you know, it's just letting them even know the tools are available and getting the tools more readily available for everybody. So who, who exactly is your target uh, market at that point? Yeah, so our, our number one target market is going to be the contract commercial glazer. Um, that's, that, those, that's our biggest market segment. That being said, we also do a lot in the fabrication side. As well as um, high-end residential, we're seeing an increase in window size um, in high-end high-end residential. Where now we're starting to do a lot of work there. Um, Marvin is one of the largest window producers um, in the country. They've just come out with a new line called Marvin Modern. That's all big glass. Uh, Western Window Systems has the same thing. Anderson Windows has the same thing. Pella has the same thing. So all your large um, manufacturers are just trying to get more daylight into these buildings. As we do that, you know, we're seeing um, contract glazes as well as a little bit on the on the high end residential side are our target are. Target so do you, do, you, do you think glazers are, are a typical target market for the rental house? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have, um, I mean, we have glazers every day. So even, even if a company owns one or two machines, at the end of the day, we're trying to ask these companies to invest, you know, invest in five to 10 to 20 machines to be able to properly staff their projects. Well, the, the reason the companies aren't wanting to do that is just that capital expense to the company for one project. They say, okay, I have this high rise going up right now. I'm going to need six machines on that project. 
depending on model, you know, we might be somewhere around $100,000 to $150,000 on those machines. That's a lot of capital to, bring, to put against one project um, for that company. So we're, we're seeing a lot of the large, large players, whether it's Permis Delisa, Enclose, Harmon, um, just you know, your, your top companies as well as your smaller companies, they're, they're asking, they're begging us, hey, we're, Stephen, where can I get this thing as a rental machine? I, I need five of these, but I just can't put five machines against this project. So um, we're seeing a lot of requests for the rental side. Um, I think that the market's, the market's literally just demanding it. It's just whoever's going to be first to provide the rentals. And so it, it almost seems like it's a, it's a forgotten market, so to speak, in, in uh, rental houses going and uh, aggressively pursuing the glazers. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, how big is this whole glazing industry at that point? Yeah, absolutely. So the the glazing industry last year, uh, I did I did some quick research on this, and um, it's last year the glazing industry did about fifteen billion dollars. Uh, that was fifteen billion with a B, not an M million. So um, the glazing market is absolutely huge. Um, the number, you know, the one thing that everyone always sees when you when you get on a building, you drive around town. Whether you know we're going to Louisiana today, I'm in New York City, or Chicago, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Texas, wherever you are, every building is going to have a glass a glass facade on it nowadays, especially your modern buildings. Your modern buildings, everybody wants to be able to have daylight in there. The thing is, is the glass man is always going to be the last guy on the, on the job. He, he's coming in after all the iron workers are there. Now they're kind of putting up some interior walls. So the glass industry, I, I think it's almost a, um, a larger problem for the glass industry. The glass industry kind of has a little bit of an identity um, pr- problem. A lot of people don't even know the glass industry even exists, um, whether it's on the fabrication side, manufacturing side, install side. They just assume, hey, I've got windows. It's not that hard. We put a window in. I've got windows at my house, and it just kind of appears. There's, there hasn't really been a rental company. There hasn't even really been equipment until the smart lift that has been geared toward the glass man, um, tiered, uh, you know, geared towards our glazers. That being it's said, the smart the smart list fill, fill in that void. So you know there's there's a lot of uh, I would say it, but you know th- there's a lot of glass companies there that, that are just that are out there that, that just aren't even getting the attention from from the rental companies. You know the they, they may say oh yeah I, I got these guys and I I can provide them a couple scissor lifts here or there or maybe I, maybe I'm renting a crane here or there, but I'm not really going out and gearing everything towards them where. You know, now if, if, as a rental company, if you have a piece of equipment that's geared for the glass guy, it's going to be very easy to, to acquire all their business because uh, our customers that we've been talking to, they, they said, yeah, Stephen, if I had anybody that, would, that had these machines in a rental fleet, I would have no problem bringing all my other lifts from them because I'd rather make one phone call than make five phone calls to get a scissor lift from this guy, to get this lift here. Now we can just get everything all at one time, um, and we're not really seeing anybody gearing towards the, towards the glass guys yet. So, so, if I'm a general contractor, obviously there's a I have a number of subcontractors, and the Glazers are just one of my many subcontractors at that point. And so, if is it an advantage if the Glazer has something like a smart lift to go to the GC and say, I've got the right equipment to do the job properly and safely without injury? You think that's an advantage for the Glazer uh, in their marketing to to be the subcontractor? Oh yeah, I, w- I mean, I, I would say there's there's no question about that at all. I've had I've had some customers that have told me that exact thing. The reason that they've they've been able to win some projects 
is because they've, they've invested into our equipment. Uh, working with a customer right now where um, they're working at a, at a petrochemical facility where the petrochemical facility has put a new um, statue in that you're not allowed to lift anything over 200 pounds. So now they're, now they're, they're going to be able to get that job because they have, they have smart lifts on that project. Um, every, every general contractor, it seems, across the country has one major thing on, on their mind after money. Everybody's always going to be worried about the money, but the second thing is going to be the safety of the guys and how we can continue to improve the safety of the job sites. Right. That's being done by using the proper tools for the proper job. The smart lift would be that the proper tool to install the glass. So, and, and so give me an idea of the, of the uh, I guess, the, the breadth of the product, the offering. Uh, are they indoor? Are they outdoor? What kind of capacities do they handle? Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about the, the models, in fact, that SmartLift offers. Yep. So SmartLift, SmartLift, uh, we bring in right now. We're well. We just brought two. So right now we have eleven machines, eleven different models um, in in the U.S. Those models are going to range from um, extremely small, compact models, more for like our um, shower doors, uh, real tight areas. That's going to be a machine that can lift around four hundred fifty pounds. That would be our smallest unit. Um, our largest unit, we call it the the giant. That's going to lift up to twenty two hundred pounds. So we have a pretty wide range of 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 machines to be able to cover i'm going to call it all of your normal glass the smart lift's a tool it's a tool that's being used daily it's designed to be a daily tool and it's going to do all of your common work um, there may be some specialty projects out there that a guy has to look somewhere else but that being said the smart lift's going to going to, going to do 90 percent of of the glass work that's being done across the country right now uh, whether we we also have some attachments that will that will go on to a telehandler um, that's going to allow us to do mid-rise buildings, first, second, third floor, where we can eliminate crane costs from customers, rental houses. They can come in. Now they can rent two pieces of equipment. They can rent their telehandler as well as the smart lift and totally cut the crane guy out. And the, now they don't have to have a crane, a big crane on site. They're just using things that they could get from the local rental house. And, and so the, in, in the existing models without a, a telehandler, what is the, the highest reach that you guys offer at this point? Yeah, so right now the highest reach is going to be 16 foot to the center of the lifting lifting yoke. That's going to be on our giant. Most of our self-propelled, um, the SmartLifts are self-propelled models. They're 100% battery power. They're low-maintenance machines. Those, uh, those machines, they're going to be mostly designed for the same, same floor sets. And then once we get to the second, third floor, we're going to use, use that attachment. Um, a lot of times when we're building high rises, we're putting our, we're loading the floor with uh, with the windows on that floor, and then we're going grabbing the machine, pulling over, and and snap snapping that window in in place. So um, when we're using we're using the machines on high rises as well as um, you know storefronts, small small storefronts, and mid rise buildings. Gotcha. So so give me the basic premise of how the how the smart lift actually works. I mean, I, in my mind and and the research I've done, it looks like a bunch of suction cups. Uh, that, that attach to the glass yeah, so, and then yeah, get for, released. So. Yeah, for the rental for the rental house, you know, it seems as 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 a rental guy, one of the big concerns is going to be, okay, now I have this machine. If it is if it is what the glass guys want, that's great. But how hard is it going to be to operate? How hard is it going to be when I send this new machine, this new product line that I brought into into my fleet? When I send it out, am I going to have to spend ten days of training? Am I going to have to, you know, what what what's all going to be encompassed in having this unit in, in involved in your rental fleet? The beautiful thing about a smart lift is um, 
I, it's, it's right in the name a lot of times. I say it's just a smart design. The smart lift, it's, um, it's going to be self-propelled. It's operated by a remote control. The remote, remote control is an eight-button simple remote control. It's, um, there's, vacu- there's vacuum lines on it as far as safety-wise. We've got um, two-to-one safety systems um, on, the, um, on the suction cups. They have two-to-one lift capacity. There's a load cell sensor that's going to eliminate the machine from flipping, flip, flipping over. If, if you overlift it, it has outriggers on the side so the machine doesn't tip over side to side. When you go and you deliver that machine to your, to your customer as a rental house, the machine's a plug-and-play play unit. After uh, three, four minutes of, of simple direction on how to operate it, the, gla- the glazer is going to be able to grab that machine and have it, op- have it running on his site within the first 30 minutes of having it there. So as a, as a rental house, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because now we're, we not have to tie up a lot of assets or a lot of resources in training and developing a market or putting a training program into place. Uh, Smart, uh, Smart Lift, yes, we, we do have that training program. We can send it to the, to the rental houses, but at the end of the day, the machine, for the time it gets to the time it's on-site running, is going to be, you know, five, five, ten minutes. Not a problem. So I would presume that these things have to be pretty compact if you've got a high-rise job going on to take it from floor to floor to install what I would presume would be exterior glass being installed from the inside. Am, am I right to say that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that's, a, that's, that's the reason why our self-propelled models um, are all going to be your same floor, same floor sets is because we've, we had to design a machine that is compact, um, does have maneuverability. A lot of times when we're putting up these high-rises, the high-rises now are going up so fast that the first bottom, couple bottom floors, they may already have some studs, studs walls up before they even get to, um, get to the point of installing the windows. The smart lift, we're going to be able to go through a standard 36-inch door. We're going to fit onto... Every, uh, ele- uh, you know, I'm not going to say every elevator, but there's going to be hard to find elevator, a freight elevator that we can't fit onto. If there's a skip on the side of the building, the machine's going to go right in there. The weights of the machines are going to range from anywhere from 1,000 pounds up to 2,800 pounds on our, on our biggest unit. So it's, it is a compact design. We, uh, at the end of the day, the, most of the machines are, are less than 8 foot, eight foot long, 30, 30, 32 inches wide. So we can go through that standard 36-inch door, carry glass through there, whether it's mall work, um, you know, maybe we're doing some stuff at a bank where we had to do some replacement bulletproof glass. Uh, no, no problems at all. The machines are going to be 100% battery power, no hydraulics on them. So now you, your maintenance on those machines are going to be very low and, 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 and usable. So you also don't have to worry about hydraulic leaks along the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just, a lot of times, you know, I, the, removing the hydraulics on the machines have, have really done two things for us. One, on the maintenance side, has reduced the maintenance. Two, if we did have a leak, you know, now we're inside of a bank, a high-end, high-end home, whatever it is, we don't have to worry about breaking that line and, and having that cleanup. The biggest thing that is done for the glazer when we remove the hydraulics is the ease of use. At the end of the day, most of the time when we're using these machines, we're dealing with raw glass. Uh, to, to be able to deal with raw glass, you have to have a, an extreme amount of precision. Uh, when we remove the hydraulics, now we don't have that valve that has to open and close when you're, release, when you're lowering down. Instead, we have battery-powered, um, I call them battery-powered actuators, and those actuators are going to provide the, the operator with literally a 64th of an inch movement. So um, it has a constant speed when you have to go a long distance, but when you, when you do have to set that raw glass into uh, a frame where you have less than an eighth-inch clearance all the way around, it's got, a, it's got a mode on it where you can just touch, tap touch the, the button on the remote, and it's going to allow us to have a 64th of an inch movement. Wow. And- 
do you see this um, this smart lift handling anything else, uh, if not now, but in the future, besides anything besides glass, just to be a, a labor saver for a contractor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the glass market, the, at the end of the day, the glass market is going to be our biggest market for these things. As a rental house, you're going to get a lot of different, lot of different one-off uses, one-off uses or maybe even multiple uses, but at a smaller rate. Some of those are going to be right now we've got machines um, doing metal wall panels. Anything that really has a smooth surface, so um, your, your stone, your stone tile guys uh, moving marble slabs around, carrying heavy, um, heavy, heavy stone. As long as it has a smooth surface, we can do that. Metal, metal panels, like we have some machines right now that are building a Facebook data center that they're using. It's a, it's a corrugated panel. It has about a half inch of um, deflection on that, on that panel. We've got some special cups designed by SmartLift that go suction right up to that panel and, and go and install that. So whether it's metal panel guys, stone guys, I've had a, I had a customer just to use a machine the other day to, uh, he was lifting some large sheets of Lexan that he just wanted to reduce the overhead operating costs of his facility where they were having to use three guys to lift these large sheets more so just because of the size. There wasn't really a weight deal. We're now using the machine, using the, um, using the machine he's, he's cut his labor um, over 60%, taking two guys off, and now it's just one guy in the machine every day. Wow. And so you said that the machines are battery-operated. And so what is co- – compare operating costs of, of a smart lift to other uh, equipment that might be in a rental fleet. Yeah, so uh, as far as I'm – I'm going to make sure I got that right. You're talking more on, like, um, to the upkeep, upkeep of the equipment, Correct. C- correct. Oh yeah. So as far as the upkeep of the equipment goes, uh, so the batteries. So say if we had a battery power fork truck in uh, in a rental fleet, everyone knows those batteries are expensive five six thousand dollars to replace those batteries. Uh, the batteries on a smart lift are going to be small, compact. They're deep cycle marine batteries. At the end of the day, they look a lot like a car battery, just a little bit different components on the inside. Um, so you know, when you go out to replace your batteries, that's going to be three three four hundred dollars three four years from now. Um, your daily upkeep. We figure um, the the numbers that we get from the factory is they figure about seven dollars a day that you have that machine out out on out on a job is going to keep keep your cost up. The nice thing is is you you're never going to have to replace the oil on the machine. You're never going to have to change any filters on the machine, the oil filters on the machine. They, those things just don't exist. So we've eliminated a lot of the maintenance costs. Uh, more more or less, the only things you have to worry about is if uh, a customer was to damage it. The beautiful thing about a smart lift is it's 100% steel design. It's designed to be on a construction site. It's designed to be in a rental fleet. Um, in Europe, uh, Bowles Rental is one of the largest rental companies in Europe. They have they've they've chose they they could have chose any any machine they wanted. They've chose smart lift over the ease of use, over the the maintenance costs, over the um, you know just just the availability of the machines. Those are the reasons why. Is is there anything? Uh like an annual certification that has to take place on a smart lift? Yes. So right now, according to OSHA, it's, um, it, it kind of reminds me when we first started bringing the spider cranes in. When we first, when we first started dealing with the spider cranes 10 years ago, OSHA, did, OSHA had really no requirements on, on that type of equipment. As of today, the mobile glass manipulators, there's not a standard for the equipment. Some things that we've done, we've put together a yearly inspection deal um, to be proactive uh, we so we do have a yearly inspection for that. We could do a third party one for a customer if they wanted to. Uh, a lot of times we can do that through a crane inspection company. There's a couple of different ways that we can do that. 
but um, right now there's not a standard on the equipment yet. There's some international standards that the smart lift equipment um, adheres to, and there's some standards that, like below the hook lifting standards that are kind of close that we meet or meet meet all those that, that apply to us right now in the U.S. But according to OSHA, there's um, you, there's no um, requirements on operators. There's no uh, standards for the equipment as of yet. Do you see OSHA coming up with anything regarding lifting requirements on personnel versus machines doing the job? I hope so. I hope they do, I hope they do that tomorrow. I would love to have see OSHA put a standard in where we where we're not lifting anything by hand anymore because that'd be great for business. Um, I don't. Right. I, I can't say that. I I can't say that I foresee that. I don't even know anybody at OSHA, but I. I Knowing OSHA and just knowing the way that we're moving forward, a lot of a lot of this equipment stems from the Europe. The reason why is because uh, European work laws are a little bit different than the U.S. work laws. I, you see a lot of the European work laws work their way into the U.S. So I can see that happening. Um, whether it's five years, three years, tomorrow, I, I, I wouldn't have that answer. Yeah, and and I know it's not a a man lift, so to speak, but I. I just always wonder what government entity is going to control such a product like that. You know, you've got ANSI, you've got IPAF, and you've got Ocean. You know, which one's going to jump in there and, and uh, make make your business more complicated? Quite frankly, any ideas? Oh yeah, no, that's one of the things that we're that we're doing. We're working real hard with the manufacturer is to make sure that we're almost setting the standard for that. Uh, we're putting training programs in place. We're working with the National Glass Association to do to get the training programs in place, working with OSHA, our manufacturers working with OSHA, uh, working with local boards, um, local unions, to make sure that we're on the forefront all, of all that. Um, that way we don't get caught, uh, needless to say, kind of get caught in a bad spot, you know, where now you have this equipment that doesn't work. Um, the SmartLift equipment set the standard for the past 15 years on, on any mobile glass manipulator in the world. Uh, we're going to continue to do that here in the U.S., and all the standards, I'm sure there's going to be some regulations that come out over the next couple of years. Uh, we're going to be there with them every step of the way and make sure that our customers are staying up to date and keeping up to date with, with all, as all that changes. The beautiful thing with the government is the government doesn't do anything overnight. So we all know by the time that they actually announce something, the time it goes into place, we're going to have plenty of time to make sure that we take the steps to, to be prepared for that. You know, it just seems like it's uh, almost a perfect item for a rental house if there's not a lot of government interference and there's low maintenance on the product and there's a demand for it. Uh, seems like well, you should should be putting more in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and a lot a lot of it is it's just because the equipment the, the equipment did not exist in the U.S. until 2016. Um, I I I feel if if you're a rental house right now, you listen to this and you want a competitive edge. This is this is an exact way to do that. We've seen um, with the companies that we're working with, uh, a company in Chicago that's our, our rental house in Chicago. They're called Time Savers Lifts. They've been uh, ever since they've got the machines in their rental fleet, they've been staying around eighty to ninety percent utilization rate uh, wow. while adding on to, to adding machines into their fleet. One of the other things is there's not enough there's not enough of this equipment in the marketplace right now to meet the actual demand. So if you had a, say, so we're talking scissor lifts, so we're talking big boom trucks, you know, a big boom lift, you may buy that big boom lift for $120,000, and you know that the utilization is going to be great on that lift where you can keep it rented not, you know, 80 90%, but at the end of the day, everybody has one of those. Everybody has, has a scissor lift. Everybody has generators. Everybody has the common products. So those common products, the price has been knocked down so much that it's really hard to make any money on those things. 
now if you had a product that's a niche product, a product geared to the glass industry, that's that $15 billion a year industry, you kind of get to almost set your own rate. You know, um, I've got guys that are, that are you know, that $120,000 boom lift, that rents for you know, $2,000, $3,000 a month. My $26,000 machine still rents for $3,000, $4,000 a month. Um, the daily rentals on that are, are $450 a month, or $450 a day, $400 a day. So your, your return on the equipment is, is, is absolutely extreme. Reason being is there's just not enough machines right now to actually fill, fill, fill the demand. So the glass companies are saying, okay, I have a three-month job. Even though it's going to cost me twelve grand for this three-month project, it's better than buying the machine for twenty-six thousand. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, we're seeing that across the board, from from coast to coast. And, and when you talk about uh, supply and demand and available units, have you found any part of the country that seems more uh, aggressive in in getting these products? Obviously, with your multiple locations, that's driving growth, but. Uh, you know, we always joke about the South is real slow to catch on to stuff, and things start pretty strong on the West Coast. So, where are you finding most of your market at this point? It's funny that you say that, Donald, because we've we've had some of our strongest growth in the South. Um, I don't know if it's because um, it, here's it's just some more facts about the glass industry. This year alone, eighty-five. Of this, the the stats I have here come from Key Media Research, but. This year alone, there's 85% of the commercial glass companies are looking to hire more employees. Um, in the South, we see that even more um, around Texas right now, Florida. There's um, a, lot of the, a lot of the windows being installed there. There's a lot of impact windows, so now they have to have, uh, meet different regulations. Those windows are going to be even heavier, small windows. You know, a 4 by, a four by 6 window, we can see that window still weighing five 600 pounds. So we've had a lot of success in the South. A lot of success around Chicago and the Midwest, as well as New York. Um, really, I would tell you, anywhere if you're in a metropolitan area that has any buildings going up, there's going to be a need for it. The beautiful thing about being on the, be, being one of the first people in into the, in, into the game is you have no competition today. So you, now you know anywhere anywhere in the country, I I, I can go anywhere in the country anywhere in the world, really, but in the U.S. specifically, anywhere in the U.S., whether I want to go to Ohio, if I want to go to Nebraska, I want to go to Minnesota, Arizona, wherever it is, I can have me 20 machines and have those machines rented within 30 days, guaranteed. Wow. Wow. And so let's, yeah, the, let's the, talk the, about... The, the demand's that, that large. The, um, right now, it's just... Um, and on the rental side, the rental side... As uh, you know, I, I, have to, I, I sell the equipment. I don't really do the rentals. Um, Smartlift, uh, Smartlift U.S., We've, we've set ourselves up to make sure that we're not going to be competing with our rental, our rental houses. We don't, we don't want to be a rental house. We want to be the importer of the equipment. We are the importer of the equipment, and we want to work with our, with our local rental houses, whether it's a regional rental house, a national reg, re, rental house, or just a, one, a, one, one, you know, a, a rental house that only has one location. We're, so our, right now our rental partners that we're working with, we're supplying them the leads, you know, not supplying all the leads, but we're supplying some leads to them. Um, and we're being able to go out and all they have to do is just present the item and say it's readily available and the phone just starts ringing. Um, now if you have to go and you have to sell the product and you have to tell the guy, okay, for this one-week job it's going to cost you $26,000 for, for this machine, that's a little bit harder uh, to do, you know, just to justify the numbers. So as far as rental-wise, if you knock on a couple doors, the phone, the phone rings nonstop on that. I mean, I've, 
I've, uh, I've, I've helped my, some of my rental guys that have bought machines from us, and I, and I see it repeat itself over and over and over again. And, and Stephen, have you seen in some cases that a rental customer becomes an owner because they like the machines that much? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, we've seen we we we've seen that. Uh, you know, where a guy says, "Okay, now I've rented this machine for two months, and now he wants to come back and buy it." The beautiful thing is, is uh, we have eleven models, as I said before. So now, if the guy buys one model, he may buy the model that that's going to do you know sixty seventy percent of his work, but he's still not going to have the models to do everything. So maybe he buys the smallest model, but now when he's got the job where he's got some some heavier glass that that model's not going to have, he's still renting it. Uh, we've also seen a lot of our customers that own machines, they're, they're, they're renting machines as well. Um, they, may, they may own one or, one or two machines, but now they're saying, okay, I've got multiple jobs going on. I, I need more machines because I've, I've seen the value in this product. So on both sides, I would say that the rentals, um, the sales are going to drive the rentals some, and the rentals are going to kind of drive the sales a little bit as well. So the so the rental house uh, becomes a, a retailer at that point, I presume. Once it's in their rental fleet, then they can make a good margin just on the sale of the of the equipment that they've had. Oh so. yes, yeah. Because okay. uh, we'll put it this way, so now it goes back to the equipment being so new in the U.S. There's not a there's not a used market yet for this equipment. So now you say, if I'm a rental house and I've had this equipment in my fleet for three four years. Okay, there's still only there's still only five hundred thousand, fifteen hundred machines in the U.S. Whatever that number is at the point in time, that uh, the resale rate of the machines. I've got guys that I had a customer that just uh, he wanted to upgrade a model. We sold the machine. We, we sold his older model for him. He's we sold it at three thousand dollars less than than a new price. Um, you know, I've I've had some rental some rental customers that have rented the machine out for six seven months straight, and then they say, oh yeah, the guy wants to buy it, and he's selling the machine for two three thousand less than uh, than 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 MSRP just because there's not a there's not a used market yet. So anything on a resale side, that's that's another spot where the rental company they're not losing really any value on the on the actual machines. Yeah, so actually these machines obviously hold their value. Uh, for the for the short and and long term, but tell tell me a little bit about uh, I mean everybody's got some competition. So are there competitors out there in the market? Oh yeah yeah I, I have other guys that try to compete with us all the time. The thing is is um I don't, I don't think there's anybody that's that's really come out to try to go to the scale that we have. There's been some um cu- some custom machines where they come and they're making some custom machines for for certain projects. Um, I've also got some guys that. You know, our competitors that are bringing some, some machines in, they're bringing 20, 30, maybe 40 machines in a year and working out one or two locations. Uh, one of the biggest differences about SmartLift U.S. is we're set up to, we're, we're going to dominate this industry. Uh, we're setting up where we have the service locations spread across the country. I've got service techs that are everywhere. I've got machines. That we keep machines in stock in the U.S. We keep parts in stock in the U.S. Um, at the end of the day, SmartList is going to be a bobcat, going to be a caterpillar, going to be a common name. You know, whether it's a Kleenex, Kleenex or Channel Off, SmartLift, you're going to just know you're going to know those products. Um, the reason is is just to make sure that we have those machines in. You know, have 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 the locations, have the service to be able to do that, and have the manufacturer that it can actually meet the demand. Um, that's one of the that's one of the biggest things. So we do have some some competition. I always say the only thing that I have I have uh, similar with anybody else is that we all have cups and tires. All, all of our competition is going to be hydraulic units versus non versus battery powered units. So there's there's some couple other things on the market. Nothing um, available and geared to the rental guys like there is with the smart lift. 
so if, if I own a machine in my in my rental fleet, what can I expect to be the, the most uh, replacement parts that may occur on the machine? It's, I know we talked a little bit about the low maintenance costs on a day-to-day basis, but there's all, always going to be some wear parts. Is it, is it the vacuum uh, pl- plates that uh, will wear from time to time? Yeah, so from our from our rental guys, the, the, what we've kind of seen the most is is actually it's uh, the hoses. The we've got hoses that are, that that go from the vacuum cups into a we have a rubber hose that goes into a hard line hose on the boom. Those hoses kind of seem that they they get damaged from people just just neglective use. Everybody knows if you're in the rental business, nobody takes care of things in the rental business as they do as if they owned it themselves. So um, we you know we might have some replacement cups, um, some hoses. At the end of the day, uh, the the body itself might have some scratches and some dings on it. The nice thing is, is that's going to be a steel body, uh, you know. So if we if we have to, we can always repaint that um, as well. We we on the the nice part is, is we haven't really had uh, an influx of of damaged machines to the point where you can't use them, or the point where they're having to have items replaced all the time. I mean it. It may, I would say, you know, I don't ever have a number on that of, of what gets damaged, but it's the machines themselves are built to a durable grade where, where they're not breaking every day and there's not a lot of high-cost replacement parts on them. Yeah, that's, a, that's the kind of thing we need in a rental house. Uh, oh, as, oh, yeah. As, as, as a, you know, I, I'm, I was telling you before, I'm in New York City right now and I've got a rental car, and one of the first things I do when I get a rental car is I always just you know, got to get through the gears and really stand on the gas and see what it has, you know, and I know that's the same way with a lot of the rental equipment around, but the uh, nice thing is, is when you have machines that are built to a, to a higher standard, built to be durable, built to be built in, built to be used in a rental fleet, they're, they're made, they're made to also take that wear and tear as well. Right. And, and so uh, transporting your equipment, what's uh, what is needed to transport a small lift? And I know there's a variety of sizes, but What's the best way? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to use the same the same transport equipment that you use to to travel on, to to deliver your scissor lifts. Whether we got a flatbed roll off truck, we got a low boy. Um, the the one thing that's a little different with the smart lifts is the the front wheels are wider than the back wheels, so we just need anything with a solid ramp that they can drive right up. So if we if we've got a the you know a flatbed tow truck that we're delivering the scissor lifts on, we're just going to put two smart lifts on that same on that same tow truck. Okay. And, and do, does SmartLift see the uh, U.S. market growing faster than other countries uh, that they're probably introducing the product to all the time, or how fast is this industry growing? Yeah, so, um, I, I, I'm not going to say that it's growing faster. So the, the European market has had a 10-year head start on the U.S. market um, at the end of the day. So our, our, our U.S. growth um, this year to last year, we're, we're on pace to double our numbers. Um, and I, I see that growth next year, uh, next year as well. Um, that being said, the the U.S. market has has received this equipment extremely well. There's been some. Um, if you went back in time, ten about ten five five ten years ago, there was another product that come to market um, kind of like this. Unfortunately, the guy sitting in prison today that that invented that project off of a pon- <laughs> off of a Ponzi scheme. So the market's been a little bit tainted as far as commercial glass companies. They didn't. Um, a lot of them got screwed before, so now they're now they're a little bit more reserved. Now they want to say, "Oh, I want to try this deal before before I actually buy it. I, I need to. I want to use this. I want to make sure you're actually going to be around in a year, not going to be sitting in jail like the last guy." So there's there's been some some challenges that we've had to kind of change that. But um, the growth, you know, the growth has been. I mean, 
year over year doubling those numbers and projected to continue to do that. Well, as long as the construction market stays as strong as it is, you guys should continue to do very well. Uh, do you yeah, see? Well, and, and, and I mean, even I mean, I, at the end of the day, yeah. You know, when I, when we first started doing the, the spider cranes, it was 2007. Everybody knows what happened. 2008, everything stopped pretty much. Um, the nice thing about that point in time when we were doing the spider cranes is it was still such a new product that. Even if the construction industry retracts a little bit right now, moving forward in the next two, three years, which some people are concerned about, even if it retracts, the smartless equipment's still so new, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be no work going on anywhere in the country. It just means that instead of 15 high-rises going up in, in downtown, now we might have seven. Those seven buildings that are still going up, we're still going to need the lifts on those buildings. There's still not going to be enough lifts in the U.S. market to cover the demand. So, um, I mean, I, I, I honestly believe we're in an extremely good spot. We're in a spot right now over the next, I forget what it is, that, oh, I think it's over the next 10 years, the U.S. market is looking to, high, it needs 10, I think it's the number 10 million construction workers, skilled labor. There's not enough skilled labor in the, in the industry, in, in the country anywhere right now. So even if we did have a little bit of a retraction, we're, we're still in a great spot with the smallest equipment because it's not that sizzle lift. It's not that sizzle lift that has, there's, there's whatever the number is, whether it's one or a million, everybody knows there's, there's tons of them in the U.S. So when you have that sizzle lift, now you, ha- now, you, now you have an item that if it does slow down, now I have 20, 30, 40 of these things sitting at my shop, and I'm barely, when I have to have them at a 90% rental rate to even cover my bills on them. If it does slow down with a smart lift, your, your rental rate, your usage rate doesn't have to be as high because your return on investment is so high. Right. You know, I, I think about the, the company Genie today and how it started with these little aluminum hand crank uh, lifts to move air conditioners and HVAC equipment and stuff like that. And to what it's grown into today uh, with, with the large uh, boom lifts, do you all see any new products uh, coming out from smart lift in the in the without letting the cat out of the bag, but uh, typically, you know, with 11 models, that could become 20 real easily and, and have more products that fit in with some of the framework of what you're doing already. Yeah, so smart, like we haven't started bringing it into the U.S. yet. Right now we're, 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 we're focused on the, on the glass side. SmartLift, as the manufacturer, does have some new products um, coming out here this year, at the end of last year, this year, that, that came out. And I know they do have some more things in development. The one thing I could tell you about would be, um, it's kind of called the trolley, where they're using that. It's, a mo- it's pretty much a motorized cart that's, um, you know, on the drywall, guys, instead of having to load everything up and move it around now that you can move full stacks of drywall around. Um, the end of the day, the smart lift, smart lift manufacturer is going to, we're going to keep trying to find ways where once we, once we can eliminate all the guys from lifting the glass, well, then there's going to be another, another, another need that we're going to be able to move into kind of transfer over to that market. I don't have those answers yet, but um, I think we got a long way to go with, with, with our lifts that we're doing right now before we get to that point where we, we haven't even began to tap the, you know, I'll say almost like tap the keg, you know, we're, we're, we're only on the first pour. We saw a lot of cups left to fill. So. Yeah, well, that's just a natural transition. I'm sure it'll happen, happen along the way. Absolutely. Uh, Stephen, uh, b- before we go too, too far, I want to make sure that the listeners know how to get in touch with, with uh, you and your company. Yeah, so if, um, if you're on any form of social media, uh, you can just type in SmartLift US and you're going to find us on there, whether it's LinkedIn, LinkedIn um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on there as well as our, um, our company number is going to be, it's 
Call that. That's actually my direct line. Uh, I'm just used to giving that one out. But uh, that's, that's my direct line. If you have any smart lift questions, you can call me direct. Our office number is 815-931-4825, or you can find us on the web at smartliftus.com. Okay, I wanted to make sure that we, we covered that so the listeners would know uh, how to get in touch with you. And uh, in your position as a national sales director, how do you spend most of your time and, and what do you attribute some of the growth uh, of your company to? I know you're a big fan of social media, so let's tell me a little bit about that. Yes, um, if any, any, anybody that's listening has heard of a guy named Gary Vanderchuk, I've tried to model a lot of our, a lot of our social media things um, that we're doing off, off, of, off of Gary's model. So what, as, as we move forward, there's one thing that I know um, that people have in their hands all the time, and that's going to be the telephone. There's one thing I also know, whether you're the CEO of a company or you're the janitor of a company, you still have that same smartphone in your hand. You still have Facebook. You still have Instagram. You have YouTube. You have Twitter. You have LinkedIn. You have, you have some form of a social media that you prefer to use. Uh, so one thing that I've tried to do is to make sure that I have um, I, I need a loud microphone. I need a microphone where I can get out and I can get I can reach thousands of people every day. The best way to do that, being a millennial, being a young kid, is knowing that I can do that via different social media channels. So that's something that I've spent a lot of time trying to build our brand, trying to build brand awareness, trying to even let people know that there's a machine out there called a smart list. Is been um, on those different social media channels. That's how me and you were able to connect up as well. So, I, I, um, that's 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 a lot of my focus has, has been on there, as well as breaking down the doors and, and making sure that I, that I assist assist our sales team that we have across the country and get our guys in and out um, and to give be able to get the meetings that that we need. It's uh, it's amazing when you go to a trade show. I've I've seen it. I've seen it. I've only been in this industry, the glass industry, very hard, like uh, very, very involved in it for just about a year. I can go to any trade show and I can have people walk up to me and say, hey, you're Steven from SmartLift, based solely off of our social media presence. So uh, as, a, as a rental house, there's a lot of ways that you can use social media to help grow your business as well. Um, People need to know who you are before they can buy from you. That's uh, the guy that says that his name's Grant Cardone. He's one of the best sales coaches in the world. So uh, if they if they don't know you, they can't buy from you. So the, how are they going to know you? You have to go out and you have to try to to get them to know you. You can use that by different social medias. You know the guy that is um, he may be a golf fan. And so maybe you write an article about golf because the Masters is coming up. But at the end of the deal, you're going to say, hey, I'm also this rental house. And if you have anything, if, if you know, and you can correlate golf to rentals, um, you know, things that people want to care, care about. If you can give them some information about that, give them some value. And then they know, hey, look, this is, uh, this is Tom's rental. This is Joe's rental. This is where now when I need to go get that scissor lift, maybe I'm not going to call up one of the big power players. I'm going to call this local small shop because I know who that guy is. He's giving me some value and he's giving me a different way to do that. Yeah. Well, social media obviously is uh, taking uh, a, a lot of uh, paid advertising and turning it into free advertising, if, if I'm saying that. That properly, where there's not as much uh, going into some of the uh, traditional methods of advertising products along the way. So uh, I think you're yeah, right so for your company. Time, when's, the la- yeah, when, when's the last time that you've watched a TV show that you've actually watched the commercials on a TV show without fast forwarding? <laughs> well, I, I don't. 
I'm I'm kind of old school, and sometimes I try to learn something. I I'm pretty critical of a lot of the commercials, and I think in some commercials there ought to be a limit as to the number of times that they can run the same ad. Quite frankly, because oh, oh yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. So as to say, like most people, you know, that most most of them are going to say, oh, I'll fast forward through all of those. Even even you know, even when you're watching those, I'm sure you still got your phone in your hand, or whether you're your Facebook or social media, or talking to grandkids or whatever it is. You know, there, there's gonna, there's, there's a new way to, to get your voice out there. It's, um, you, you know, even if you have to pay for it. If, if right now LinkedIn has one of the best um, organic reaches out of every, every social media platform, even if LinkedIn changes that tomorrow and you have to start paying to get that reach, the, the price, the price that you have to pay versus the value that you can get is just, it's just such underpriced attention that it's, it's, if you're not doing it, it's, it's just crazy that you're not. And um, right. I think that we're just going to continue to see the shift. You know, it, it started with Amazon and just moving forward, you know, the, the way that people are buying things, the next thing, you know, I, um, the next is, you know, Alexa or, or the Google Voice or, or all those things. Everyone's getting them in their houses now. They're starting to look up. I've, I've got a, an Alexa at my house the other day. I just wanted to mess around. I said, Alexa, order me a TV. Next thing I know, I got on Amazon and in my shopping cart, I had the brand new TV in, in my shopping cart. All I had to wow. do was click OK, and I bought it with not even knowing what I've bought. And I've, I think that, um, you know, in the rental business, it's, it's, you may say that's an extreme, but there's ways that you can take those models and put that into your, into your, into your rental business. Without question. Okay, we've got to start wrapping it up because we're coming to the end. And, Stephen, I really want to thank you for being a guest today, and, uh, and I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Okay? Yeah, no, Donald, I, I appreciate, appreciate you getting me on here. And, um, Hopefully, all your vis- listeners have, have gained a little bit of value from this. If um, if you're if you're in the rental business and you're looking for a way to differentiate yourself from the, the, the I'm gonna call them the powerhouses, the top fives. We all know who they are. The the guys buying all the market space. If you're a regional rental house and you want to differentiate yourself, or you're a guy that's got one or two locations, or if you are the the big powerhouse and you say, hey, I want to I want to be I want to continue to be that guy. This the the glass industry is a $15 billion a year industry. They, they have a huge need for equipment, whether it be aerials, whether it be specialized stuff. If, if you do have specialized equipment, it's going to be a lot easier way to earn their business on, on all their residuals, on their aerials and all the other stuff as well. And the smart lift is going to be the vehicle that's going to provide, provide, that, provide that for you. Okay, my engineer says my time is up. So thank you again. And next week, uh, April the 3rd, please join me and my guest, Michael Krogemeyer. He is the CFO of Credit Safe. Do you really know how good your customer's credit is? Make a safe bet with Credit Safe. Listen to the ins and outs of the credit industry. Uh, as always, if you'd like to be a guest, give me a shout. Uh, my quote for the day is by Jack Welsh. If you don't have a competitive advantage, don't compete. And my guest today certainly seems to have one. So to look up uh, Smart Left along the way. Uh, This is Donald Charbonnet, your host and the diehard of the rental industry, signing off. And remember, be safe and good renting. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.